0: Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by New Dawn Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Six Most Gruesome Cannibal Killers to Ever Live Killing another human being is already considered a vile act, but there are some killers who aren't satisfied with simply slaughtering their victims. They have to eat them too. The next list of people, while already considered deviants for becoming murderers, actually devoured parts of their victims. The details in their stories are almost too morbid and horrific to even be real. These are six of the most gruesome cannibal killers to ever live. Number 6. Issei Sagawa On the night of June 11, 1981, Issei Sagawa, then 32, invited his pretty French classmate, René Hartvelt, over for dinner. He said he needed help translating poetry for their school homework, and the friendly 510 Beauty was happy to help. At some point early in the evening while she was reading poetry, she had her back towards him. Sagawa quietly pulled out a small caliber rifle, pulled the trigger, and shot her in the back of the neck. It was his first, and so far only, kill, and he was so shocked at what he had done that he actually fainted. When he woke up to see the girl's dead body, he decided he had to go through with his plan. You see, Sagawa's desire was never simply to kill her, It was to eat her. Ever since first grade, Sagawa admits to having perverse cannibalistic desires after seeing a man's thigh. By the time he was 23, he had been charged with attempted rape. However, his real intention was to cannibalize the victim. After killing Renee, Sagawa raped her body and proceeded to cut parts of her. He said he was unable to bite through her skin to eat her flesh, so he bought a butcher's knife and proceeded to carve out parts of her. For the next two days, he feasted on her body while stuffing other portions inside his refrigerator for later. He then attempted to dump the remaining parts of her body into a nearby river, but it was here that he got caught. Sagawa was imprisoned in France for two years, but released after he was found to be legally insane. He was simply ordered to stay in a mental institution indefinitely, and then deported back to Japan. You would think his crimes would appal the Japanese public, but instead, many found him fascinating, and he is somewhat of a minor celebrity in Japan. Ever since his release from Matsuzawa Mental Hospital in August 1986, he has been a free man. To this day, at the age of 65, Sagawa still talks about his crime. He has written countless books, given various interviews, and the Rolling Stones even wrote a song about him called Too Much Blood. Number 5. Matej Kirko On the outside, Matej Kirko looked like a typical Slovakian family man. He was married, had two children, and worked as a computer programmer by day. But he was hiding a deep, dark secret. Calling himself Kanim, which translates to cannibal, Kirko posted several online ads claiming that if you wanted to be killed, all you have to do is visit a forest in Slovakia and he would happily murder you. He said you would die painlessly since he would drug you before stabbing you in the heart. But there was one catch for all his work: after you are dead, you will be chopped up to pieces and eaten. A Swiss man posted online as a joke saying he wanted to be eaten. To his shock, Kirko replied and offered to do the deed. Curious, the Swiss man replied, and the two exchanged emails. Kirko even sent him photographs of female body parts saying this was my work. It terrified the man so much that he tipped off the Swiss police who got in touch with Interpol. Kirko gave the man specific instructions on what to wear on their meeting day. His choice of location was the wooded area near his home. An undercover agent took the Swiss man's place and when Kirko arrived, a gunfight ensued resulting in his death. Nearby, the police found a knapsack filled with vodka, gloves, a gas lighter, rope, carving tools and even packs of pepper, which Kirko once admitted to using in order to mask the smell of rotting flesh. When they investigated Kirko's home, on his computer they found GPS coordinates he had stored leading them to the bodies of two young women who had been missing for several years. Police also found various body parts stored inside his fridge. His family never had a clue about anything that he was doing. Although to date only two women are conclusively linked to Kirko's victims, it's estimated he could be responsible for killing and possibly eating more than 30 women between 2009 and 2011. Number 4. Albert Fish One of the most notorious cannibal serial killers in the United States. Albert Fish was born on May 19, 1870 in Washington, D.C. His real name was Hamilton Fish, but he opted to use the name Albert, the name of his dead brother. As a child, Fish had dabbled in various kinds of paraphilia. By the time he was 20, he was working as a prostitute, and his spare time was spent sexually assaulting young boys while entertaining his perversions. Fish ended up marrying in 1898, He lived a somewhat normal existence as a family man in the suburbs of New York City and had six children. Later on, he met 19-year-old Thomas Caden and began a sadomasochistic relationship with him. Fish ended up torturing Thomas for two weeks, then cutting off half his penis. Although he originally planned to kill him, he changed his mind, nursed the wound, gave Thomas $10 and sent him on the first train out of town. By 1917, his wife had left him for a handyman. She left the children but took nearly everything else. Breaking down, Fish began suffering from auditory hallucinations, and he started to indulge in self-harm, inserting needles into his groin and abdomen area. Although there were no clues he abused his children, he did encourage them to paddle him with a nail-studded paddle. It was around this time his obsession with cannibalism began when he started eating only raw meat, also serving it to his children. Between the years of 1919 and 1930, Fish would regularly kill and mutilate children. His choice victim was either mentally handicapped or African-American since he assumed these people wouldn't be missed. His first confirmed murder was Francis McDonald, and was followed by four-year-old Billy Gaffney. Fish tortured Gaffney to death cut him up, and threw most of the body away in a pond. But he kept his thighs and torso, eating them over the next several days. His most famous victim, and the one that led to his arrest, was 10-year-old Grace Budd. Fish initially planned to kill her brother, Edward, but changed his mind when he saw Grace. He lured her away from home by asking her parents if he could bring her to a party. Fish then brought her to an abandoned house, stripped her naked and choked her to death before eating her for the next nine days. Throughout his life, Fish had a panache for writing obscene letters to women. He made the mistake of doing so with Mrs. Budd. The letter was sent anonymously, and it told of a tale about how the famine in China had led to cannibalism. At the end of the letter, it chronicled in detail how he had killed her daughter Grace. The paper was traced back to Fish, and he was eventually caught. Although it was clear he was insane, he was still deemed fit for trial. He was found guilty and sentenced to die in the electric chair. He was unhappy with the verdict, but was excited at the idea of being electrocuted. It took two attempts to kill him, supposedly because the needles he had inserted in his groin caused a short circuit. However, on January 16, 1936, he was pronounced dead at 11.06pm and buried in the Sing Sing Cemetery. Number 3. Nikolai Jumagaliev Nicknamed as Metal Fang, Nikolai Jumagaliev was both a serial killer and cannibal. Around town he was known as a clean-shaven, neatly dressed, and well-spoken man. His only flaw, which people didn't mind, was his white metal teeth. He had lost his natural ones years back. Nikolai had worked several jobs traveling around the Soviet Union before settling back down in his hometown in Kazakhstan in 1973 when he turned 21. His first kill was a peasant woman he saw near the train tracks. He ambushed her before slitting her throat and then proceeded to flay her breasts, cutting them into strips. He also removed the ovaries and separated the pelvis and hips, bringing them home with him to cook frying the meat and grilling the heart and kidneys. He enjoyed the experience so much that he went on to kill and eat nine more women. On his ninth murder, he actually invited drunken friends over for a snack. But when they discovered a severed woman's head and intestines in the kitchen, they fled in terror. Police were notified, and when the authorities arrived, they found Nikolai on his knees, covered in blood. They were so shocked by what they saw that Nikolai managed to escape, but was arrested the next day at his cousin's house. His M.O. was to stalk and lure women into secluded places of his hometown. He would drink his victims' blood, cannibalize them, and sometimes practice necrophilia. After his arrest, Nikolai was charged for seven of the killings, but was found not guilty due to insanity and committed to an asylum. He escaped in 1989 before being arrested again in 1991. No one knows if he had any victims during this time. As of December 2015, Nikolai managed to escape the asylum again and so far hasn't been apprehended. Number 2. Jeffrey Dahmer Tall, blonde, and blue-eyed, Dahmer had a calm demeanor and charm that served as a mask for the notorious killer cannibal inside him. His first kill was in 1978. He was 18 and had just graduated from high school. His victim, Stephen Mark Hicks, was also 18 and was hitchhiking to see a rock concert when Jeffrey picked him up and invited him to his home. The two men drank alcohol and talked for most of the night, and when Stephen expressed he wanted to leave, Dahmer attacked him using a dumbbell. He hit him twice in the head before finally choking him to death. Excited, Dahmer stripped him naked and masturbated over the dead body before dismembering it and burying the parts in the backyard. Dahmer enrolled for college but dropped out after only one term because of alcohol abuse. He then enlisted in the Army and after a year and a half was discharged, again due to his drinking. He returned to Ohio and took his second victim, Stephen Toomey. Both of them drank inside a hotel room, and Dahmer woke up with Toomey dead and no recollection of what had happened the night before. He placed Toomey's corpse in a suitcase and brought it to his grandmother's basement. There he dismembered the body and masturbated on it before burying the remains. Soon after his second kill, Dahmer escalated and began seeking out victims. He would visit gay bars and clubs enticing potential males with the promise of sex or payment. Usually his victims were minors, and he was arrested for drugging and fondling a 13-year-old, but while out on bail, killed again. This time it was model Anthony Sears. This would be Dahmer's first victim, where he permanently kept parts of the body as souvenirs. In this case, it was Sears' head and genitals kept in jars filled with acetone. By 1990, Dahmer moved into a new apartment and killed a victim nearly every month. His process would change slightly depending on the circumstances, but it always involved luring the victims, spiking their drinks with sleeping pills, and then killing them. He would flay and dismember them while taking pictures of the process, and the skin would be dissolved in acid and skulls kept as trophies. In 1991, Dahmer was finally arrested after propositioning and attempting to kill Tracy Edwards. Edwards had managed to escape from Dahmer's apartment and flagged down police. When police arrived at his apartment, they found a plethora of evidence, including Polaroids of body parts, a 50-gallon drum with a decomposing body in it, and three heads, a thigh, and a heart in his freezer. After his arrest, he readily admitted to eating various body parts of his victims. While serving 16 terms of life imprisonment for 17 murders, Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in prison by another inmate. Number one, Alexander Spasivtiv, Also known as Sasha the Cannibal, Russian killer Alexander Spasivtiv takes our top spot. Born in 1970, Alexander never really fit in. As a child, he was often reported to be unsocial, was bullied at school, and didn't have friends. He was, however, close to his mother. Up until he was 12, the two would sleep in the same bed. His mother, Ludmila also often showed her young son photographs of dead bodies and corpses from criminal books. By the time he was an adult, Alexander was sentenced and committed to a mental institution for murdering his girlfriend. However, he was later released and continued to live with his mother and their Doberman, and that's when things began to get really bad. Russia's social demise led to a proliferation of street children, and Alexander hated them with a passion. In fact, he had written several philosophical books explaining his hatred for democracy and how these street children were now the garbage of Russia. Eventually, unable to stand the filth any longer, he decided to take matters into his own hands. Between 1991 and 1996, Alexander, along with his mother, would lure these children to their apartment. Once there, they would be brutally killed and then cooked and eaten. He would then dispose of the bodies in the nearby river. Their neighbors often complained of the stench along with the loud rock music that kept coming from their apartment, but the police consistently ignored the complaint, never even checking in on it. In 1996, a water leak happened in their apartment, so the neighbors called the plumber. When no one answered the door, the plumber forcibly opened it and went inside. Several moments later, he staggered out, screaming and asking the people to call the cops. When police came, they entered the apartment and were shocked at what they saw. Blood was everywhere, and various mutilated corpses were strewn about. Bowls of human flesh were found in the kitchen, a headless child's body was in the tub, and there was a human rib cage in the living room. On the couch was a 15-year-old girl named Olga, She had been stabbed in the stomach several times, but surprisingly still alive. She was rushed to the hospital and before she died was able to tell the officers what had happened. Ludmilla hired her and two other 13-year-old girls to help move some heavy items. After they entered the apartment, they were cornered using the Doberman to intimidate them. Alexander killed one of the girls, then had the other two cut a piece of her flesh off, Which he gave to his mother to cook up. The Doberman then mauled the second girl to death, and Alexander was in the process of killing Olga when the plumber started breaking the door in. Panicked, Alexander jumped off the balcony and ran. But soon after, both Alexander and his mother were caught and sentenced. He confessed to killing around 19 children and told police both him and his mother had been cannibals for about five years. When the police investigated the apartment, they found more than 80 articles of bloodstained clothing, so it's possible the duo had killed many more. Both mother and son will spend the rest of their lives in jail. Alexander continues to write, and his mother hasn't spoken a single word since her incarceration. So there are six of the most gruesome cannibal killers to ever live. It's one of the greatest abominations to eat human flesh and yet these killers made a sport of it. They killed without mercy, cannibalized their victims, and enjoyed every moment of it. Thanks for listening and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.